Hi guys. We are back with episode eight of the Tenfold Podcast. And this time we are talking about love. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's love yeah. more so than relationships. And I think it's also fitting because we are coming off of the Virgo full moon. Mm. So full moon, it's always like a really heightened time of emotion. A lot of energy in the air. And in terms of relationships, everyone that I know is basically <laughs> talking about love is blind. Yes, I just watched the reunion episode today after binge watching all of the episodes last week. It was just like, I thought it was such a low rent TV show when I, I saw it on Netflix, but I was bored and I just needed something to watch while I was cooking. And then it turns out to be like the number Addictive. one show in the world basically right now. If you haven't seen it, quick recap. It's basically a bunch of strangers in atlanta and they have to start dating like blind dating essentially they only have dates with each other in pods so the point is they're supposed to get to know each other without knowing what they look like or having any of that vanity or physical stuff in the way and then they have to propose to each other before ever meeting <laughs> each other and then get married in like six weeks so <laughs> i actually think of any reality tv show that i've watched that's yeah. based around like finding love this is the most uh, realistic I in some so ways too. because I like I heard so there's a I think there were a lot of people that participated mm. at the beginning and you would basically go on dates with like I don't know 20 think, 30 other yeah people. you want to date with every single person first, yeah. and then you kind of start eliminating people and they said they would know like right away when mm. you just start talking to someone if you're going to be able to hold the conversation yeah. for a certain amount of time or not and then they were allowed to just have these dates that could go like 24 Endless. hours yeah. if they wanted they said um, they like fell asleep talking to each other a lot. Yeah. And, and they could order food in yeah. or like do different or like draw paintings together or whatever, yeah. even though they couldn't see each other. So it creates this kind of intimacy. And it's I like think a, it takes so much of the pressure off of that, like yeah. trying to look good or feel good, like that type of stuff. It's, well, and taking like the physical part yeah. out of it, like the intimacy yeah. part, too, I think is really good because it really can cloud your judgment. Yeah. Um, it forces you to build up that emotional intimacy. Intimacy before the physical which i think is pretty rare for most people these I, days. I just don't think our brains can no can compute both of them at the same no. time it's really hard to but it really did feel like get through i think yeah the most genuine dating show that i've watched and the fact yeah. that everybody was from atlanta uh, yeah so they, they actually were giving had a them chance a future or, yeah. yeah and they'd have things in common too yeah. from being from the same place and i read an article after that were saying they actually had too many couples match and want to propose to each other <laughs> so they actually cut some out of the show because they didn't think the success rate would have been that high so yeah i think it was actually a successful experiment definitely and then at the end spoiler alert yeah. uh, two of the couples ended up getting married like mm. real married and then the show this is another amazing thing it didn't come out for a year and a half yeah. after it was filmed i'm not sure why but because of that the couples didn't have any scrutiny mm. like there was no media or anything yeah, like or watching them media. to see or, like yeah. any of that kind of pressure which usually like warps people um and then they yeah they're still together yeah like which that's a, a real huge, marriage yeah <laughs> that's a hundred percent sex success rate of the marriages on yeah. the show. <laughs> so it's pretty impressive and then yeah in the reunion too it was mm. like you could see how strong the strong couples were yeah um but this is the thing so watching that show and seeing how the different girls reacted in the relationships yes. was so interesting and definitely made me think about myself and how i've reacted well and we were sitting there watching the two like 30 something year old girls who are obviously kind of scared of commitment or scared of not getting the best guy just 
a lot of fear having too much choice yeah and you're like has that been us yeah (laughs) and you see like with jessica if anyone she was kind of the villain of the show i just don't think she would have been happy with anyone and it's just like anyone that she got she would have been looking at the other person and it wasn't that she was in love with uh barnett Barnett, the guy that she didn't get to choose but she just fixated on him yeah and i think that would have happened no matter what and then with that other girl Mm. kelly is that her name um yeah it's like i don't kenny every her family everyone seemed to love that guy kenny and then she just yeah she said what did she say that she wanted infatuation yeah and that with her ex and to me, when someone been. says something like that yeah. now, after all of yeah. my experience, <laughs> I know um, that's such a dangerous way I to know, look at things. And to judge things. I've been questioning that a lot and thinking about those types of things because I'm like, I think before when I thought I was like infatuated with someone or like, ooh, that feeling, the butterflies, I was like, I think like 90% of that was probably actually anxiety <laughs> over like someone being really <laughs> unavailable like or like yeah. will they text me back or blah, blah, blah. like I'm like really question how much of that was actually like oh my god I'm in love versus ah what's happening well and actually what you were saying before mm. about what we um see in in tv or yeah. what we're conditioned with because you're watching Gilmore Girls yeah, recently, right? Yeah, so I binge-watched right? all of Gilmore Girls recently, which I watched all through, I guess, high school and uni. And I think it actually shaped a lot of my ideas of dating. And just thinking mm-hmm. about, like, what I would... Yeah, what I would have found <laughs> normal. But, like, literally, Lorelai and Maury are so messed up in all of their relationships they'll get in a fight and like be like we're broken up and I never have talked about it with the boyfriend and like never discuss <laughs> any of the problems but it's so or romantic anything. yeah but like you think oh <laughs> that's like the how it should be or like that makes you think it's normal for someone to like not text you back or ignore you or like for it to have these yeah, blow ups and, and that you're supposed to have that tumultuous back and yeah, forth and I feel like so many shows and are so like much that angst. I know yeah. and I didn't realize how much that would have like actually imprinted on my brain and been like oh okay this is normal like this back and forth being treated like this ignoring someone doing mm-hmm. that and like it's just interesting to try and realize how much of your perceptions <laughs> of love are just flawed the filters, yeah. the filters that you've built up you know um Okay, I so I did a little bit of reading because mm-hmm. I one of the things that Tori and I have been talking a lot about is the idea of it's. I first heard about it in the in Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, and he talks about how the people in your life are really just mirrors of yourself. Mm-hmm. So what you see when you look at them and talk to them and all that kind of stuff and how you act is really just a reflection of yourself coming back to you. And so you use those around you as mirrors, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I found this quote, or I, like I read this article, and I just have a little passage from it that I'm going to read, and then we can talk about it. Because I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> so it says, Only a relationship can show you the chinks in your armor. It's just like looking in a mirror. As long as you're by yourself, you're perfect. But when you're in a relationship, your own cracks begin to show. You can fool yourself and keep saying that the problem is with him or her. Mm. Or you can take responsibility and use the mirror to work on yourself. Being in a relationship becomes the truest meditation. It's the process of getting to know yourself. I love that quote. (laughs) That is definitely what we've been going through as well. I think it's super relevant because... So I've been in my relationship for like six months now, I'd say. Mm. And I feel like I've learned so much about myself already. Like, obviously, I've learned a lot about my partner, but I didn't realize 
how many things like I've had a lot of issues come up, but 90% of them I say would be my own issues and the mm-hmm. things that I realized would come up with any partner because it is that reflection of my own I think that's also the benefit as you get older and older mm. and you have more and more experience is you that you recognize can start your patterns. <laughs> is that you start to realize, oh, like maybe in your first relationship, yeah. you'd be like, oh my God, I can't believe yeah. this happened or blah, 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 blah. But yeah, as well, you, that's once something you've, done, you've been around the block from your yeah. first two like, so serious relationships. I was in a relationship for about almost like 10 years. And um, obviously, like, yeah, and we were so young when we, I think I was 17 when I first met him. So we basically grew up together and when that relationship ended, I had so many issues with Mm. how he was and how he did this and how he did that and blah, blah, blah. And then I got into another relationship right away after that was like about a year and this other this next guy was polar opposite (laughs) completely you literally (laughs) couldn't find someone more different so completely completely opposite and uh some of the problems were still the same yeah and that freaked me out even as me listening to you yeah like we both sat there and we're like oh this sounds familiar (laughs) and i that's that was a big light bulb for me because i Mm. thought okay alex like this is your fault this like you you've maybe been playing the blame game with and everything is i think a two-way street but you have to always realize that you're participating you're a common denominator and even if someone else (laughs) is doing something awful you are contributing to it in some way um you're always like you're feeling the fire as well Mm. and yeah so when i realized that in that completely opposite relationship i took note of those things specifically Mm. and then i've been highly aware of them like going forward yeah um i think for me especially in that quote the thing about you're perfect on your own and then Mm -hmm. once you get into a relationship because i feel like i've spent a lot of my like adult life single and been like okay and built up my confidence and built up a lot of things and felt like i've worked through so many issues and like i used to be really conflict avoidant and i feel like in the past few years especially like after coming to australia I've been a lot better about that, especially like in work situations and different mm-hmm. things. But then in boss re- lady. Yeah. In relationships, <laughs> I've re- like I really realized I knew I was conflict avoidant, but I was thinking about my past relationships and I was like, I literally think I have avoided conflict at all costs, either not bringing things up and just like sitting by or just breaking up with someone. Like I would rather yeah. break up with someone than actually like work through a supposed Wait, conflict. Did we just read an article that said there are two types of yeah relationships it's but like, like reacting they were both to the bad like yeah. the two bad kinds one, of it's it was like one is recreating your past traumas yes, and one yeah. is avoiding them so it's like the two ends of the spectrum i am totally I a recreate the past traumas over and over and over <laughs> yeah so it's very very interesting <laughs> i was like well here we are <laughs> both of us perfectly encapsulated in yeah, this article just reacting in opposite ways yeah <laughs> dysfunctionally and but most people i know are doing that yeah. and and a lot of people that's all you know especially so. if you've gone into a relationship mm. when you're younger and you're still in it yeah. like unless you're very very lucky and you both can grow and be very aware together it's it's yeah you it's it's very easy to just get lost in the day-to-day minutia yeah. and be upset with someone all the time yeah like those were kind of can we say our parents yeah okay <laughs> that's kind of what we what we grew up with right and and where you are upset every day that someone you know didn't do Mm. the dishes right or didn't yeah 
I don't know, it's, didn't didn't do something in the way that you thought was great. And yeah. you're constantly just getting in a huff about the same things over and over mm. for your entire life. Which is not fun. But it's also it it's so hard to not fall into those patterns sometimes and there's a comfort in them. I yeah, think. and your own things. Like I've noticed for myself in relationships, I always tend to like not want to rock the boat and I'll be really accommodating and like just naturally even as a friend I'm very like accommodating and considerate and will always try and like do the best for people I'm with because mm-hmm. that's how I am but then it's like I'll kind of expect the same from the other person and if I don't get the same level of accommodation then I'll yeah. get like kind of resentful or annoyed but I'm like oh that's not really a fair way to go about it it's not mm-hmm. that like tit for tat you like you should be doing it out of goodness of your heart, I guess <laughs> but yeah it's just interesting because like you create those patterns in yourself because like I'm setting up this expectation and then it's not being met yeah. but it's like and then also if you've done it before in relationships it's what you're used to so it's so easy to go and do it again in the mm. next relationship and then fall it's it's the same like when you train a muscle yeah. right so the repetition of training that muscle you build up the neural pathway so that you you uh learn how to do like a certain move or something right yeah um and to perfect that so it's the same thing with like your behavior patterns too so if that's the muscle or like the thought or behavior that you're constantly training then as soon as any type of like situation occurs again you're going to go down that same path because that's the strongest path to go down and i think you can also influence your partner in the way that when you're down that path and then you kind of have this expectation of how they're going to react or the result you can almost influence them to react in that way that you're expecting yeah because they can kind of maybe sense that on some level and then you are just recreating those patterns Mm -hmm. so this idea of the mirror as a reflection of yourself and the person that you choose as your partner Mm -hmm. or even your friends too, anyone in your life the issues that you have with them and the things that come up are a reflection of what, of whatever you need to deal with that yeah. you haven't figured out yet. So I have a friend, actually I've got a lot of friends with a similar story to this, but one of my friends, her partner uh, has just been really busy lately or, yeah, you know, common, like everyone, yeah. but she's really busy too. She's always yeah. got stuff going on. And I've, noticed like being an observer of her life that whenever she's got a lot going on herself or if she's like feeling really anxious or Mm. high strung about things then she will start to feel um, anxious and high strung about him and so the like what she'll end up saying is like she doesn't feel like he cares right or she doesn't feel like he's really in the relationship or he doesn't feel all these things but the fact that I know him and I've been very like a a big witness to their love I know how much he absolutely adores her and and that he does put a lot of effort in and I'm not saying that she's ungrateful or anything like that she's not but because she's got these issues with anxiety and like those kinds of feelings Mm. of insecurity sometimes whenever she is running low in energy basically that's the first place that her mind goes to and then she puts that on him but that's a reflection of how she's feeling coming off of the person that's closest to her Mm. and I know I do the same thing too but it's so much easier to see it in the people around you yeah I think I've noticed that with myself realizing that yeah just that pattern of there's a lot of I guess insecurities I've had about relationships or the same problems I'm like oh I've actually I have had them with different people and like many people so I'm like obviously 
that's something that I need to address. And I think for myself, I've realized some of those things, like I'll think like, oh, I want the person to like, like me more or show me that they like me more, like be more passionate or this. But then I realize- So much expectation. Yeah, there's a lot of expectation, but I realize I think those are insecurities I also have about myself because I Mm -hmm. am not that expressive sometimes or like will hold back and I realize I'm- I'm probably not giving that so I'm but I'm expecting it back so I'm like oh that's a very interesting I think I have so that whole thing where we talked about with relationships Mm. you have the avoidance and I have the recreation so (laughs) I've had that a few times too where I'll meet like some like amazing guy who is just like a total vagabond or total (laughs) you know kind of eccentric or something like that and I will just think this person is the most amazing person Mm. in the world and has done all these cool things and I'll be like oh my god I just like I wish they would like me or I wish they'd like settle down somehow or do any of that kind of stuff even though that's so not who they are um and then I've had I think I've talked to you about it before and you've been like well I think you just like all the things that they do. Yeah. <laughs> you just want to be that. Or yeah. or you'll say, oh, like you, you but you've that. done these cool yeah. things. So I think in that way, it's like a kind of yeah. ego thing where I am looking at this other person. And I, yeah, it's like something that it's, do I actually really like them or do I covet like, yeah. It's almost like what do you they like represent. what they, yeah, and what they somehow bring out in you because yeah, they make you in me a feel way. more able yeah. to be adventurous and, yeah. and like my own person. And yeah yeah (laughs) which is it's just interesting but that it's it's nice to look at it like that and know where all of those feelings are coming from definitely and I think like since we're both in these relationships like serious relationships uh when fights have come up or issues Mm. or anything like that now because of this train of thought and this this um like wanting to always be more self-aware and kind of catching myself now whereas before like when I was in my early 20s and in that relationship I would just go full steam with any emotion like right away everything was an injustice when it happened (sighs) um now it's really cool because even if I can feel upset or feel in like someone done something to me um (laughs) I I can take a step back and I, I can yeah like, I'm constantly trying to yeah. do that now and be like wait what's the actual root of this what has feeling? actually happened and yeah and is it actually about that or is it just bringing up an insecurity you have to trace it all the way back yeah. to the trigger because it's always a trigger and it's so interesting too because um one of the things that my partner and I have discussed is like what we're bringing from our past experiences and mm. relationships into this relationship that is providing the base that we basically stand on to have our relationship which can contribute to your like when we're arguing I'm not just arguing with him about whatever's just happened with him and I it will be every single like experience that I've had in the past compounded to make me even feel the way that I'm feeling now (laughs) so that I respond with that history like backing me up which he doesn't know anything about and vice versa I'm sure yeah and vice versa exactly and if you think about it like that like we're all going around carrying it is baggage like big suitcases full of history that are informing our every emotion and reaction yeah and I think it's honestly like a lifelong process because you're always gonna have new baggage and you'll work through it but there's always different triggers and there's always different yeah I think it's 
almost because sometimes when I think about all that I get overwhelmed and I'm like oh but I've already done so much work mm-hmm. like how much do you have to go through but then <laughs> it is like it, that's there's, the exciting part yeah there's not actually an end goal like you're never going to have a perfect relationship with no issues and no baggage because everyone's human and like constantly evolving and constantly realizing different things about themselves so it's almost like just like think of it as a journey an adventure and like and you're always learning along something the way. new yeah. and when you can get through a situation in a different way than you did mm. before it's like you have a new magic power yeah well it's not it's also like not having that black and white look about things oh again God, too because for me a huge one for us for me a lot of that is like the conflict avoidant thing too where i'd be like oh well obviously this person's <laughs> not ready for a relationship so i'm just gonna bow out or like they didn't return my text so i'll never talk to them again rory <laughs> and jess yeah <laughs> or so lorelei and luke if anyone wants to go not Gilmore. feeling like every any like conflict and for me like when i say conflict i feel like before i'd be like oh it has to be a crazy argument like when i say conflict i just mean even me like bringing up my emotions or like yeah. saying something upset me or like you know like having any sort of emotional conversation in the past was really difficult for me um and yeah but now i've been working on that and realizing oh you can just have a conversation and discuss things and don't have to end up crying or like breaking up with someone <laughs> Oh, it's a bit uh, of a revelation. Oh, history. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I just remembered a story <laughs> that I feel like is the perfect example of this. Tori, do you remember when you were dating that guy when you first came to Sydney for a while? Yes. And <laughs> you didn't. I felt like you dated him secretly for like a month or something, and I you never actually him met him. You never met him. But you went on a lot of dates. I did. And I never got a grasp, a firm grasp of who he was I in don't any think way. I did. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, okay, so, but didn't he just ghost you or something at the end he or did, something? So we'd gone on a bunch of dates, and then we were going to Bali. So we went to Bali for a week. Oh, right. And I think I texted him a couple times during that week and then kind of tried to make plans to meet when I got back and then he kind of like flaked and just disappeared. Yeah. Um, and I left it because I didn't, didn't really remember know him. his name. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> I, it was one of those things where like we had chemistry or got on and it was like fun while it lasted but i was like i don't think, I think it you were just new to the city yeah and, and nice i was like i don't think it was something like that was going to turn into away. something serious so yeah. i was like i'll just leave it which i've done quite a few times before yeah. but i think after like a month i was kind of like a bit indignant because i was still thinking about it and i was just annoyed because we'd seen a lot of each other and i was like oh it's kind of shitty that he just yeah. ghosted me so i actually messaged him <laughs> and it was just a very civil message i think i don't even remember i just kind of basically said that i was like oh like i'm kind of like disappointed that you ghosted me i just like wanted to know and um he wrote me back this really nice message actually i'm just like basically what we had been on the same page but he just had never said it i was like yeah i didn't think there was anything serious blah blah blah. um but it was just funny (laughs) because he brought up this thing that was obviously still so much on his mind so i think it was like one of our last dates we had gone to a restaurant together <laughs> and he was like should i try this chili sauce and he was like sure and then he somehow got chili in his eye and like ended up crying because he had chili in his eye and i laughed because it was really funny <laughs> like he was just like got chili in his eye and like and then he like went to the bathroom to wash it out and like that it was funny it wasn't like a serious injury like he wasn't like like didn't lose his sight or like it was just one of those funny things where like if it happened to me i would laugh it off anyways i thought it was a fairly normal reaction like anyway i didn't and give didn't it a second thought anything of no it ever again. literally but then this response message he had to my text about ghosting he was like 
and even though you laughed when I got chilly in my <laughs> eye and like obviously it had been like such a like like a sticking point for him <laughs> and like maybe something where he felt like I trigger trigger yeah he trigger, was definitely trigger. triggered by something in his past and like because I had no like I yeah there's so that brings me to that point with the idea of the mirror and we are having relationships with each other but are we actually we're really just having a relationship with ourselves and everything that someone else does you are just interpreting through your own film like filters and your own experience and they are just also interpreting everything that you do through their own filters and their own experience so you can go and have a beautiful dinner where someone gets (laughs) chilly in their eye and somebody (laughs) cries and somebody laughs and one person thinks it's like a light-hearted romantic comedy scene of like joy and funniness <laughs> and then the other person thinks about it for two to three months yeah. after <laughs> upset and feeling injured by that it's just it blows my mind when i realize how that like, works just so different such yeah. a different experience and, and then you've got to think how many other times does that happen oh, with other stuff sure. like and just those misinterpretations and even I've been thinking a lot about the assumptions that we make because I know I've done this and I've had conversations with so many friends where you're like oh if this guy really liked me yeah he would like have done this or he would have shown up here or he would have been on time or he would have invited me. like so like there's a million different alternatives to that and you think because you would have done it that way that's how they should have done it. Or like mm-hmm. if you did something like that, it would mean this. So it must mean that because they did it. But like you assume also someone's entire thought process. Oh, yeah. You're just putting meaning on their actions that might not be there at all. And I've really tried to take a step back and not make any of those assumptions. And mm-hmm. like it's like you really should just have that conversation and like ask them because yeah. that's the only way you'll ever actually know what and is happening. Let someone show themselves yeah. to you. And if they don't then (laughs) yeah that's a sign too yeah i think it's back to that cheesy saying like actions probably speak louder than words (laughs) definitely in the past one of the things that i've noticed i did a lot um was create that kind of like indignant response Mm. to things that would happen so it's like when you start saying things like i don't deserve this or like i didn't you know come all this way or do all these yeah. things just to or you know, I can have do better or like yeah. I shouldn't settle for this like after yeah coming all this way or like exactly putting up with and all this shit. I see so many friends mm. say the same type of things and there's this whole thing around like girl power and standing up yeah. for yourself and it's funny though because I think it's a fine line between almost using that as an easy way to not address yeah it's a, a bit of an issue. armor like yeah, yeah um rather than actual just girl power yeah um and no you don't deserve horrible no, things that no. happen and stuff, but <laughs> I I find in a relationship when you start feeling that kind of those indignant feelings yeah those are hot spicy feelings right so anytime it's like a hot spicy feeling you have to wait until yeah, it calms down it before you can make a decision or um react with like yeah with a calm um clear mind i think so and i think for me it's not it doesn't always show up as that indignant feeling but i feel like in the past i've been really self-protective in some ways mm-hmm. and that's been part of the like avoiding conflict or like cutting out of things early but um Sometimes I think I'll mask that even to myself as being like, oh, I am being like strong or independent or like just like assertive or that. But it's I think 
some of the time some of the time it has been that it has been been me like standing my ground but other times I think it's been me being like oh I might actually yeah. be feeling something and I'm scared of getting hurt so I'm just gonna yeah definitely yeah. and and what you're saying is knowing the difference between the yeah, two because it, it is a fine, a fine line. line where you're like yeah. oh is this a do it's I deserve the situation tell. I shouldn't put up with this or is this a I'm running away because I don't want to yeah. deal with this yeah and I think one of my challenges has also been it's not even just relationship wise but like kind of taking that lead like I know you're always telling me like mm-hmm. I need to step into it more in general yeah. and I think um with like just almost that's part of the like older sister younger sister dynamic and even in relationships I feel like I'm always waiting for the other person to like base Mm -hmm. my reaction to things off of them sometimes and I I think you've this have said the same time sometimes where it's like that observer effect where you forget you're in the relationship and you're just focusing on the other person so much and then you girls and guys specifically because I find girls often it's like the guy is the one in charge yeah even if not like the guy hasn't said they want to be in charge no. or anything but you base everything off of any movement they make yeah. or <laughs> anything that they say and that they somehow know the whole story they know the ending they know what's going to happen mm. they're in charge of the situation but they're not no. they're just like another person and yeah. they don't know and they're looking to you and then everyone's confused because nobody knows what's going yeah. on but nobody knows how to talk about it or say anything or even understands that that's what's actually happening but i think a lot of that is like what we were saying about watching gilmore girls and like society <laughs> programming where like that's just how we've been conditioned it in a lot of ways up. and then yeah but i've been trying to realize that and like be there more and figure out because like i'll be like oh i wish like this would happen in like any of my relationships but I won't always even do anything to make it. I'm always waiting for the other person to like <laughs> to realize magically, magically even if they don't know how to do it. And like I do, but like, I think some of that is also the, yeah, just the dynamic in a lot of areas. Where I'm like, okay, I need to actually like be proactive or be assertive and like step up and ask well, for what I, a lot of it's just really asking for what you want. Because that is the whole mirror effect yeah. as well, because it's in these relationships that you are, seeing what you need to do and then you are going forth and and trying to implement that into your life and it's funny that like it doesn't matter who you're dating Mm. um it's like the same thing comes up so it's definitely not that person it's you and i think um for me i've realized in the past like i'm really not good at asking for things just in general sometimes with friends with um yeah with anything i'm like i'm always like oh i want to do and on my own. I think I like that's that. a little sister thing. It and is. also coming from a family that was so yeah shouty. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but like, I think I've always been scared of rejection and asking things too. Like yeah. that leaves you vulnerable, right? Because you're like, if I ask for something, then they can say no. Then you want something. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like showing that. And it's just been like interesting because in my current relationship, like it, I've realized I'm like, oh, I can ask for things and it's just nice. And like my partner will Aww. just be like, okay. Like, I'm like, oh, I actually, yeah. yeah. yeah um, so, nice. so it's, yeah, it's been like, oh, okay. But it's just those like slow It's building learnings. the trust yeah, of that too, though. It is. It's definitely building it up and you I can think, only do that by practicing. Yeah. I still have a bit of that, like I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop or someone to say no or like something to not work. And yeah. it's deprogramming that i think and being like okay and also knowing that it's not any kind of reflection on your partner on who you're with it's a reflection on everything that you've experienced in the past still within you and that's been like one of the scariest things too is getting back 
into a serious relationship after having some time off from that whole realm um, and having done so much work on myself and then thinking that I was going to be okay and be really strong and do all of these things differently and I I have but still having some of those same issues come up and those same feelings that are scary when you think I thought I left those far behind but um it turns out that if you're not in a serious relationship, <laughs> you are not addressing them. Yeah. <laughs> and that even if you do the work out of the relationship, when you get into a relationship, they are still going to come yeah. up. But one and of the things um, that's really great about it, though, is when you're trying to be more self-aware and like use the tools and stuff that we mm-hmm. learned with like uh, we did a, a lot of NET sessions, like with a kinesiologist. Mm-hmm. Um and I also did all my yoga teacher training, which really helped. Yeah. So when I'm learning all these tools on self-awareness and reflection, then even though these same issues come up and they they spring up these same feelings. Mm. And when you feel those feelings that you felt like even when you were like a teenager at home with your parents yeah. or like that kind of a like um, that you can only really feel when you're really close to someone emotionally. Mm. When you have that self-awareness and that space um, to not just completely like go crazy with like your reaction uh it's just yeah it's kind of a really amazing experience it doesn't make it go away no but you can just take a step back from it i think that's it's really important and it can be hard because when you have those same emotions come up and it feels almost like deja vu yeah like sometimes that will really trigger me and make me feel almost like a bit of a failure and be like oh like is there something inherently wrong with me if this is always popping up? And like, it's easy yeah. to fall into those patterns, but then when you are able to take that step back, you well, like, or the, the, what everyone always says with like, I always fall for guys like this. Yeah. Or I always blah, 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 blah. And sometimes it's like, maybe they're not actually yeah. all the same. Maybe you're putting that lens on, on them. them. Yeah. And they're just triggering you in this same way yeah maybe those are issues unknowingly creating the situation to 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 duplicate a past experience yeah so to be in a evolved (laughs) (laughs) um conscious relationship i think that you have to be willing to accept what someone's stuff is and that we all have our stuff and also accept the idea that people really rarely ever change and Mm. you definitely can't be the one to change them they have to if they if there's something that they do need to change they're going to have to figure that out for themselves and want that to come from within um to be able to do it so you have to decide right from the beginning a lot of the time if the stuff that they have to deal with is this is stuff that you can live with and if you can go into a relationship saying i accept this person's stuff and you know what it is then when things come up later in that relationship regarding that stuff Mm. you you have to stop yourself in a good way and think i said okay to this i said okay to this and i wouldn't say okay to something else but i said okay to this so i have to like let it go in some way i think that kind of falls into that idea of a lot of people will date people for their potential Mm -hmm. and be like and that is kind of the same thing of thinking like oh I'll date them because they'll work through all of this stuff. This kind of relates. Uh, I just heard a quote, I think, about it. It was on another podcast I was listening to. And they said that, or maybe it was the Life Uncut podcast, Mm -hmm. which we love, if anyone's listened to that. Um, And they were saying that 
if you, you know, if you like hate your problems and you're really depressed, you're upset about life or whatever it is, and everyone took all their problems and threw them into a bucket, if you got to see everyone else's problems, you would always reach for yours and pull them back. Mm. And <laughs> so an interesting in terms one. of like relationships and people's stuff and like the things that really annoy yeah. you too, it, it is that same thing where like someone that might really drive you crazy. And I think uh, for us, it's with our parents, like, yeah. because even though they've been together since they were like 17 and 20, yeah. um, a long, long, long time, they still get annoyed at that same little stuff. Things, yeah. And you're like, how can you still and be have annoyed? Have you had the same argument like, that many times? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay, you get it. You know this person's yeah. going to do this. You know you this person's going to do this. Now. It's done. <laughs> it's not a surprise. It can't be a yeah. shock at this point. And so, yeah, it's everyone's going to have their stuff. Nobody's perfect. You know, yeah. it's, there's going to always going to be something that's annoying. Yeah. And so you've got to just like make, make, make peace, peace with, with it. it and then yeah. you'll be happy. If you've accepted it and it's not anything like awful, then it's like, just yeah. focus on the good stuff and know that. Cause yeah. otherwise you're just wasting energy. It's very true. So I have a question for you, Tori. Yes, I'm ready. What are your like patterns? that you've figured or that you've seen in your past relationships or with the people that you've dated or, you know, any yeah, of that kind of stuff. I feel like I've had a few. I've definitely gone through phases. Oh, when I was younger, I thought anyone who had a birthday around mine was like my soulmate. Oh, my first boyfriend more. had the same birthday as me. And I was Charlie like, we're meant Hamilton. to be forever <laughs> together. And then I've dated a few people who have a birthday like the day before or after mine. I'm always like, oh, Aquarius people. Yeah. So there's the astrological pattern. Yeah. To I, the point where if I ever meet a guy that has a birthday around January 30th, then I'm like, <laughs> oh, Tori. <laughs> no, I mean, not now that you have a partner, yeah. but. <laughs> Um, and I've definitely gone through phases. I think when I first moved to Sydney, I just was like dating Libras all the time. So like everyone was born in October. Yeah. Um, but aside from my astrological. And your pattern, sister's a Libra. No. What does that mean? Um, oh, going back to like the big sister, little sister dynamic. I feel like pretty much 90% of people I've dated have been the older sibling. Like so I've interesting, and a lot of them are come from like two sibling families too. What have I dated? I feel like middle sibling. Yeah, I think I'm pretty much middle sibling, and That's now I'm only child, which I think can be Similar. interpreted as yeah. any of as middle or older. Yeah. Because it's funny, because it's not like I know people are older siblings before I date them. But yeah, they, I think there must it's be some a certain dynamic, some dynamic where there's like. I think older siblings probably have a bit of like that. I don't know if it's like a grounded or like. I just read something about, about, oh no, it was. Um, podcast? That other podcast. Sibling <laughs> Revelry. from podcast. That's <laughs> another one that we love with Kate Hudson and Oliver yes. Hudson, if anyone's listened to that. Uh, and they had a relation or no, a sibling expert, like, expert yeah. come on. And he was talking about how oldest siblings tend to be the smartest not because of any like specific gene thing or something but more so because they are a mentor yeah they have to teach the younger sibling and then so they get that experience and they have the repetition of having to do things more than once and then that that just makes you stronger in that and that uh but then they found that with middle children they actually get the most the best of both worlds because they are a mentee and they have like someone mentoring them but then they also become a mentor for that for their younger sibling um i 
trying to remember what some of my other patterns are. What about you? Oh, I have an astrological pattern. <laughs> Do <laughs> which you? I finally broke. I've never heard of it. <laughs> um, well, the entire time I was in Sydney, which was almost six years, I basically only would meet Capricorns. Mm. I think I dated like eight Capricorns, which is just insane. And guess insane. who is a Capricorn? Our mother. Yes, <laughs> who I have a lot of history with. Actually, the first, I think the first guy that I met in Sydney uh has it had the exact same birthday as my mother <laughs> and the same name of my ex which i thought Signs of course obviously this person isn't <laughs> going to be the one and obviously i'm going to learn a lot of things yeah. from this relationship which i did uh and then yeah i just felt like i had a capricorn curse and mm. as a libra capricorn is not my match no. and i just could not get away from them actually a lot of my good friends also end up being capricorns in sydney Mm. and yeah it just got to the point like my last year there i think i yeah i met the last guy that i dated before we moved up here he asked me what my horoscope sign was on our (laughs) first date which i always i get really excited i feel like no guy has actually ever asked that on a first date but he did and so i was really excited about (laughs) it and i thought there's no way he can be a capricorn because a capricorn would never ask that that. (laughs) and then and then when I asked him what his sign was, he said, oh, Capricorn. And I was just like, oh, my God. What is this? What like, do this I have is to just I, like you can't help but just laugh at mm. it. Like, OK, universe, thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I obviously haven't figured it out yet. And this is some kind of like video game level I cannot get past. Yeah. But I did get past it. Yeah. <laughs> and I figured it out. Um, well, that's probably for another podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was definitely my biggest pattern. Yeah. So I found this article that is the Time Magazine's Guide to Happiness, and it's about relationships. And they did Mm. like a little summary of five things that make a great relationship or make a relationship last. So I'm going to go through all five and then you can kind of give me your comments on it. I'm excited. So the first one, similarity doesn't matter. Matching music playlists don't matching music playlists don't predict happy marriages. Sorry. Focus on emotions. That one's interesting because I wonder about that quite often, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's some people that I've dated that I feel like we do have a lot of matching interests or like a lot of similarities. They're like we travel both traveled a lot or like had similar like traumas or like the just different yeah. things that connected us. But I'm like, I don't actually know if that's always the healthiest in some ways. Like, I I think it can go both ways because obviously when you have those similarities you can relate to someone better and you have more like common references and stuff. But then the reflection in the mirror is Yeah, too but then similar. it's like, are you learning as much as you would or are you just kind of with someone who will reinforce things that you already like? You know, like yeah, there, is, yeah. there is a lot of growth in being with someone who's opposite and can introduce you to new things and like thinks in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think it can go either way, but I, I don't know if there's really a right or wrong, but I've definitely thought about that in different relationships and wondered if one is better than the other. But I'm not yeah. sure. I think in all of my relationships, mm. you could say that I wasn't similar to them. Like, yeah. But I think I've dated a lot of eccentric people mm. that are very specific, like in what in who they are and what yeah. they like. Um, but then I guess I am too yeah. in my own way. So I think our similarity was more in spirit. In spirit, yeah. yeah. But I definitely have that yeah. where I like the person I'm with needs to have a, a real sense of independence mm. and that's kind of the only yeah. way that it'll it'll work and they have to 
really they can't be anyone but themselves yeah. so for me that's i that's guess important. the similarity but it's yeah. definitely not like we like the not same music the superficial level. yeah i think it's for never me, been like that a lot of it more important is like the character of the person and mm-hmm. yeah they're like traits rather than things that they like or yeah well our partners now the thing that we both mm-hmm. are saying is like they're just such good people yeah they're such good, good solid yeah. like beautiful people which is (laughs) so nice it's just a joy Uh, okay number two arguing is good negative communication beats no communication every time what do you think about that i think it's true i in my past i would have been like ah avoid arguments (laughs) at all costs and like because i just had such negative associations with like arguing from our childhood and stuff and it just stressed me out and made me like want to cry um but I've realized that usually it does make you stronger in your relationship when you actually bring things up or like discuss I think them. You have to touch the edges to yeah. know what they are, so you can I come think, back to what the middle is. I think it makes you stronger, and also just realizing you can get through an argument and work through it and come mm-hmm. out the other end. It makes you be like, oh, okay, like, and it does build some trust and it builds more understanding. I think it just is really healthy and i'm not saying like you have to have blowouts and just be screaming at each other at all because well, then the the yeah. opposite is getting addicted yeah. to that emotional like you don't want the drama in that yeah. way but i think it is healthy to yeah i think it's healthy when you can do it the right way agreed um number three is no it's going to take work the healthy way to get to romeo and juliet is mm-hmm. to think arranged marriage wait what I, what does that mean? Romeo and Juliet okay. kill themselves. <laughs> <laughs> is there a healthy way to get to like the, the, the love, love story? The love story. You want an epic love story that does not end yeah. in suicide. Uh, <laughs> is yeah. So this idea of arranged marriage, and I think that's huge. Yeah. If anyone hasn't has has or hasn't seen the Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith oh. Red Table Talk two part episode, it's mm-hmm. on Facebook. It's free. Google it. It is amazing. Yeah. I. Like I watched that more than once because you see this couple that came together, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago and um, the work that has gone in. Because on the outside, they just seem like a perfect uh, union, like a perfect, strong facade that's been, yeah, been like that the whole time. But they're really honest about the amount of work that it took and and how they've gone. Yeah. And the growth that they both had to have as individuals Mm -hmm. and how they had to give each other space. And the only reason they said they could make it work and get to this point where they're now completely on the same page at this point in their life was that they said they're never getting divorced. They basically were like, oh, if we're going to have to live in separate houses and like, yeah, if if you're going to live on one side of the house and I'm going to live on the other side of the house and we're just not going to speak I don't care. We're not getting divorced. So it's kind of the same thing, like the beauty of, of in terms of a relationship, like Mm -hmm. having a sibling or a family member relationship. Like, no, you Tori and I, we've fought a lot in Mm -hmm. our past. We've had a lot of different issues and like, we still have issues, but because we know we're always going to be together, no matter what, this bond is unbreakable. Then we have the space to work through it the issues are less of a big deal because you're like y'all we know we're gonna work through them somehow eventually so yeah. it's a bit more like okay how will we work through this there one? is it's no deal happen. breaker it's inevitable yeah um and i think if you approach your romantic relationships like that as in 
what if you could look into a crystal ball and you knew that you were going to be together 20 years from now if you knew that 100 percent, would you approach this fight differently like the way that you react to it or how you're seeing things like if you know something is forever how would you do things differently yeah and I think it's also thinking of the word work not in like the negative way sometimes that we would where we'd be like, oh, it's such an effort or blah, blah, yeah. but like in a, in a good way of like development and yeah, just You're weaving just together. a positive <laughs> way. Yeah, but it's it's definitely true. Like I feel like even like my current relationship, I feel like I've done a lot of work on it and I, I've been kind of like, oh, I didn't realize that like it was like that in relationships, mm-hmm. but it. Like, it makes sense. Like, yeah, even when we think about how much work we've done in our relationship as siblings, like, of course, a romantic relationship is going to be even harder in some ways because, like, there's not the same history or context or all of that. Yeah, knowing you have to be friends forever. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, no matter what. Um, Okay, number four. Have grit, devotion, loyalty. That's grit. And And it predicts success at the office and at home. Success, not success. <laughs> or does or it? Maybe. Um, yeah, I think I think there's a little bit of holding someone up on a pedestal. Oh, definitely. Champion championing the other person and that idea of like devotion and loyalty and mm-hmm. having to cultivate that and almost keep it up as a ritual yeah. if you can. Yeah, I think nowadays it's we've kind of lost a bit of that art of that with all the dating apps and feeling like there's like an endless sea of potential people. Like it's easier to like just give up on someone and be like, oh, maybe there is something better. But I think it's when you kind of persevere and work through all those things and do all that that it... You've got to keep rubbing that crystal so it becomes a diamond. Is that (laughs) how it works? (laughs) I think it's pressure, but maybe. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's a big one for me, I think. Um, in my past relationships, and I think also because also with the way our parents were mm. and stuff, like they're very critical of each other. Mm. And that's kind of how I thought you were supposed to be. Yeah. And actually also coming back to love is blind. <laughs> that was that thing where I saw that girl, Jessica, and how she just was so, she found out who she was partnered with and who she had said yes to marry. Mm. And then she saw the other guy and then she just fixated on that other guy yeah. and couldn't, she, instead of like, focusing and giving her her attention and devotion to the guy that she had chosen and that she was paired with I think there's an art to accepting someone as they are remembering every day how wonderful someone is and it's that whole thing with daily gratitude in your general life but I think you also have to do that with the the relationships in your life as well it makes a huge difference because I did um there's like this New York Times article from years ago that's like the 26 questions to fall in love with anyone Um, and you're supposed to do it with like a random person but I made my partner do it with me and you did it with Scott as well and I feel like a lot of those questions were questions that made you say like what you liked about the person or like really notice your partner Mm -hmm. and get to know them in that way and I think it really helped both of us to be like oh okay and like brought us to that present moment and made us like appreciative and I think if you did stuff like that and obviously not those questions every day but it really does help you You need to cultivate that as a ritual in your relationship in in one way or Mm. the other otherwise you it's it is so easy to fall into like a critical pattern pattern process yeah yeah and five is glorify the struggle it's all about the story you tell 
Did the conflict lead to a happy ending? Hint, it better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love a story. And I love a positive story. So I think that's just, like, I just do that with everything. I like that one. (laughs) I think it's that idea of, like, you're kind of in control of the narrative that you're telling yourself. Yeah. And, like, the narrative of your relationship. So... Yeah, if you're choosing to be more present and focus on the positive and, like, do the work, then it can be something beautiful. Agreed. What a happy ending. So they say here, love is a challenge, but life is a greater challenge. We'd like a sure thing that guarantees happiness and takes away all the pain, but that's fiction. Um, so one thing that reminds me of is, um, so Alex said before that we both went to NET, which is neural emotional therapy with a kinesiologist. Yeah. And it basically walks you through a lot of your past history and like traumas and emotional triggers and all of that stuff. And, um, one of the things the doctor said to me was I was always, um, scared of being vulnerable because I was scared of getting hurt and scared of get like being in pain and all yeah. that stuff and I was really hesitant to open myself up and she was like you have to think about it as being vulnerable to love and that really stuck with me and it kind of was like a switch in my head where yeah. I, it was just like reframing my filter essentially or like removing that filter and be like okay. I think a lot a lot of us are vulnerable mm. to pain yeah rather than vulnerable to, to love. love and yeah I just thought that was a really beautiful way to switch it around in my brain I think everyone should have a think about that. Yes. Are you vulnerable to love? (laughs) So to quickly sum up, I think pretty much everything that we talked about. Oh, yeah. The first thing was I had the same issues with different people. (laughs) Then I realized that the common denominator was me. Um, Also, there's a lot of things that you probably have thought you've worked out, but they're still buried down there. Mm It takes an extreme amount of consciousness and self-awareness to cultivate a great relationship. Uh, Your emotions are the reactions, not the fact. Everyone is just reflecting their own stuff onto Mm -hmm. you. And we're all just walking around looking for ourselves and other people. And when you like someone, you have to think, do you really like them or do you just want to be like them? (laughs) That's me. Um, And it's pretty much almost never about you. Everyone is reacting to their own past experience and through their own filters. Are you really truly communicating with each other? Mm, Don't make assumptions. Yes, no assumptions. Uh, And then, yeah, also you have to accept someone's stuff. People rarely change, so you have to decide if that stuff is stuff you want to live with. Also, if you break up, will you just relive the same issues with someone else? If you're thinking things like, you know, I feel that that person makes me feel like I'm not really smart, or Mm. I always feel fat when I'm around that guy, or am I boring? Uh, am I being too mm. much? All those kinds of things that I've, you've heard everyone say yeah. basically a million different times in a million different ways. Um, you have to start realizing what is actually happening. Yeah, How many assumptions that? are you putting on that about what the other person is thinking versus what is actually happening? Yeah. And what are you bringing from your own past to create those feelings? And 
Be vulnerable to love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that is how we will end the podcast. Um, and if you want to stay tuned for our full moon woo-woo final edition ending, then stay, stay with us. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and woo-woo. Welcome to the full moon. We just picked a card from our magical mermaids and dolphins cards and today's card is break free do you want to describe the card it is a beautiful dolphin like breaching from the ocean jumping up into like a soft sunset sky breaking free does the dolphin have any expression on its face it looks very determined i think Mm, it does look like a determined Mm. dolphin (laughs) so he's gonna kick some ass (laughs) Good. I mean, we need that. So the book says, sometimes we get into ruts and routines because they feel safe and comfortable. By drawing this card, you've asked to swim outside your comfort zone. It's time to take risks and explore new ways of thinking, making a living, or being in relationships. When you make the commitment to explore and experiment, the world responds by giving you wonderful new experiences. Heaven isn't necessarily asking you to settle into these new avenues, but to instead test the water and venture out. Sometimes we'll experiment and learn new things. And then when we return to our comfortable old routines, we're changed for the better. This is definitely a time for you to reach out and enjoy new options. Try something new today. Isn't that positive? <laughs> I feel like we're already doing all that, so it's just kind of a like reaffirmation. I feel like we do even more of that. Yeah, actually. we should do more. I think it's a, a bit lot. of a reminder. Keep learning, keep yeah. growing, and hopefully that resonates with you guys mm. too. I have a question for you to end the week. Oh, or, it's midweek. But to end <laughs> our podcasting week. If you were a character on Love Is Blind, who would you be? Oh, I think I'd be Lauren. I feel like everyone would say that. Ooh, oh, yeah. But I related with no, her. But like, that's who you think you are? Kind of. I related with her because, actually, I also admired her because I feel like she's very independent and, like, really already loved her life a lot, but mm-hmm. wanted to add love into it. And then she did. <laughs> she was really cute. Yeah, she's very she was. her own person in mm. a great way. I don't feel like she compromised herself, but she was also open and like willing to try out her relationship. Yeah. Admired her. Who and would you who, wait? And who oh. was your favorite guy on the show? If you could have been with one of those guys. Mm. I don't know if any of them have to choose. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I was going to say Damien. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know why. He's a very masculine but sensitive. Yeah, there was something. He was maybe one of the least boring for me. Yeah. What about you? Although he has, does have a weird boringness he to him, does. but in a weirdly enticing, <laughs> boring way. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I do. Yeah. Like a weird, stable way. Boring, yeah. yeah. Okay, who would you be and who would you be with? Oh, I feel like I identify with Jessica and Kelly, but I don't yeah, know if that's because of my own. I think those are your triggers own more triggers so than. Where yeah. I would, even though Jessica's the villain of the show, but that would probably <laughs> be my trigger putting me in that place. Yeah. I'm also definitely Lauren ish, too. You are, for sure. I think also the fact that she was so independent mm. and 
Like a really she, like, fully wanted. realized character yes. of who she is. Yes. I loved her family too. They were so her cute. Her mom was so sweet. Uh, yeah. I feel like I guess I see myself in everyone. I don't see myself in Amber. No. Uh, I, no, I see Can't. younger versions of myself in Giannini. Giannini. Um, and who else was there? Or is that it? So those are I all the people. That was it. Yeah. And for guys? <laughs> I don't know who you would actually. Who? I, I don't know. I think maybe you're right with Damien. Barnett was gross. No, like his he's humor just a was frat boy. Yuck. Uh, Cameron, Cameron didn't was, really have a personality. Maybe like Cameron, that. maybe. But I th- yeah, I, yeah, I find him really boring. Maybe Kenny's secretly interesting and they just didn't show put, ever show him talking <laughs> did they Maybe. show him talking actually i kind of like jessica's guy mark yeah oh in some yeah ways. i think well, i feel like he just had something mark. to he talked a lot like he did. At least he talked yeah okay now that we've done that very important love is blind recap we are gonna do our weekly mantra yeah let's end on a nice harmonious oh. soft note mm. <laughs> okay. Okay. Three times? Yeah. Om Asatoma Sakamaya Tamasoma Joyti Gamaya Rechorma Amritam Gamaya Om Asatoma Sat Gamaya Tamasoma Jyoti Gamaya Rechorma Amritam Gamaya Om Asatoma Sat Gamaya Tamasoma Joyti Gamaya Rechorma Amitam Gamaya Good night, everybody. Namaste. Namaste. Love is blind. Mm -hmm.